Grindhouse Clubhouse, the podcast where we watch exploitation films and uh, share it with you, the people of the internet. I'm Kenny Porter, and with me is my good friend, Jessica Lane. I almost, said your, I almost said your old last name. I know. I get it all the time. People at work still call me Brasher, so if you call me Brasher at any point, it's completely okay. fine. But you are Jessica, you're Detective Jessica Lane. Detective Jessica Lane, yes. And it's I just promoted. that down. Yes, promoted. Well, you know, you busted your ass for the chief, <laughs> and he appreciated it, and he gave you your new... Do you get a new shield when you're a detective? Wait, like, do, do you upgrade your number? Wait, a shield? Do you mean like the little little thing they pull, like cops pull out of their pockets? Yeah, your badge. Like oh, the, that's... You know. Sorry. <laughs> I think a detective would be up on police lingo if I pulled out the term shield. Evidently, somebody needs to do some better detective. But yeah, I was wondering, like, do you get an upgraded... Like, do you get an upgraded badge? Like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's a detective badge. Okay, yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, yep, yep. I've decorated mine in pink glitter and, and ribbons and everything, so... People have to know you're a girl. That's yeah, how exactly. you do that. Yeah. Show people. I have... Uh, I have... Um, sex and gender blindness so unless you wear something glittery and pink i have no idea if you're male or female that so looks good. Fantastic. you could just be a male unicorn of the pink <laughs> type and i would i would be terribly prosecuted in a court of law for my discrimination against him we've learned and, in the post-trump world it's very important to distinguish between men and women uh, <laughs> So anyway, on a, on a brighter note, this podcast is going to be about us watching exploitation films and discussing them here on the show. Not necessarily a review show or anything, more just like a fun discussion, and then at the end, whether we'd recommend checking it out or not. Yeah. Uh, it's very similar to the other show that I do called Future Brothers, with my brother, uh, my brother, yeah, my brother, my brother Aaron and I, uh, where we watch uh, sci-fi anime stuff and talk about that. Uh, this little thing was your idea, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm, really- yeah. I'm a huge fan of exploitation films. I mean, I I went to school for film and video, so there's definitely the big part of my brain that loves artsy films. But there's nothing better than like watching a film where there's nothing but boobs and explosions and limbs getting cut off. It's just like the most amazing thing in the entire world. Yeah, I feel like you're not a true film lover unless you can appreciate the really highbrow cinematic stuff, and then also the stuff where. You know, there's tits and explosions. <laughs> yeah, tits and explosions. And I mean, with exploitation, it gets into, you know, nun tits or uh, Australian Yeah, a lot tits. of nuns. Because, like, I didn't know – I knew about exploitation movies in the vague sense. Yeah. I didn't know that a lot of movies that I like are exploitation movies, like Mad Max and stuff like that, which is an Ozploitation, I guess, like for Aussie. Uh, for uh, for you Australian listeners out there. <laughs> the, uh, the millions but, of you. Yeah, just looking at, like – when we were coming up the name for this podcast, like just looking at the covers, a lot of nuns. Yeah, nuns lots of nuns. nuns. I think my favorite, uh, I mean, my favorite is the nunsploitation, but my favorite that it exists is the Canucksploitation, which is not as exciting as it sounds, but it does uh, implement that it's Canadian exploitation, which... So is that people not being polite to each other? <laughs> they like, somebody goes to a door and they're expecting somebody to open it for them because, you know, Canada is like, hey, fuck you, eh? <laughs> it's, it's murder in a Tim Hortons line, you know? Oh, well, gosh, they got to get those honey crullers. <laughs> standing in the way. You take that fucker out with a hockey stick. Please yeah. tell me there's a Canucksploitation movie about a killer with a hockey stick. There, there if there's to. not, we'll make one. Okay, good. Patent it. Set it down. What's <laughs> Kevin Smith loves making movies about Canada that are horror movies. Send him that one. 
Well, the, uh, well, there's that. What's that? That slapshot movie is that an exploitation film? I feel like the the, de- the definition of exploitation is such a blurred line kind of definition that it's hard I don't to. Know, maybe Slapshot is an exploitation movie. I love that movie though. That's a great movie. I haven't uh, seen it in a long time. It's one with Paul Newman. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, He's in that. Yeah, Paul McNewman. He's in there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So this podcast, we're gonna watch exploitation movies and we're gonna discuss them. Uh, you already mentioned you went to you went to film school. You studied film professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a professional writer. I write comics, fiction, blogs, all that stuff. So I know a great deal about storytelling. And I actually got my feet wet with screenwriting, so I'm pretty familiar with filmmaking. Yeah. Um, sometimes I forget the technical terms for things. But, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll suss it out. I'll give it some cutesy, cartoony name, and people will probably know what we're doing. But uh. Jessica, why don't you set up our first movie? Yeah, well, we, we decided to go with, uh, you know, a, a staple of the exploitation uh, film genre, and that's a Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, uh, which, yeah. was this your first time seeing this movie, Kenny? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, I knew vaguely, all I knew is that there was a walking pair of killer breasts, pair <laughs> <laughs> legs, and then lots of cars. Yeah. Uh, that's all I knew about it, um, before going into it. And like, I knew a little bit just from, just from knowing like sixties culture, what it was probably going to be about. Right. Well, I had, okay. I had an idea of what it was going to be about. I was wrong. Yeah. Same. No, same here. This is my first time watching that. I mean, I, like I said, I love exploitation film, but I never got around to watching this one in particular. I've seen plenty of other ones where it's big boobs and cars, but not this one. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, something I forgot to do, but you know, I'm going to do it now. Is I figure if anybody's listening to this and they don't know what an exploitation movie is, maybe I should just real quick bullet point go through what an exploitation movie is. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's the quick, di- like Reader's Digest, Cliff Notes, Wikipedia version. Uh, exploitation films are movies that feature suggestive or explicit sex, sensual violence, sensational violence, drug use, nudity, freaks, gore, the bizarre, destruction, rebellion, mayhem. You can't even say that without like going into <laughs> an answer voice. Uh, they were first seen in the 1920s, but they became popularized in the 60s and 70s with the general relaxing of censorship and cinematic taboos Yeah, U.S. and Europe. So these were rebellious, like movies that weren't big pictures so that they could do dangerous stuff. Right, like, and in the in the sixties as well, it was the the um, the drive-in was becoming less and less popular, and so these films were a quick and easy way to get teenagers to you know come necking in their cars. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and this is this is a necking movie. Oh, for sure. If you you know you can try and convince your boyfriend that he wants to come because there's like strong women, but really he's just going to see uh, that cover and those boobs, <laughs> and there he is. Yeah. Oh, he might he might come for the strong women after something like that. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Sorry, you set it up. I didn't even mean to. I, I will watch myself from now on. <laughs> I'm married, folks, we're both married, not to each other. No. Separately. No, but. I'm going yeah. We've uh, you're you're a newlywed now. Yeah, we eloped a couple weeks ago. Congratulations! So, so happy about it. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty happy about it. Um, but. I wanted. Maybe we should preface our our relationship is like a is like 
a couple of old we've been friends for like over a decade mm-hmm. uh, we talk to each other we are not polite with each other well you're <laughs> kind of an not, asshole so i am an asshole that's that's part of the problem mm-hmm. is i just talk like an asshole and she just takes it because she's polite so, <laughs> it's been stockholm it. syndrome since we were 15 Ah, uh, just, you know, it was Stockholm at first sight. It was one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, okay, so, yeah, we picked Faster Pussycat because it's like the, exp- it's like the poster exploitation film. It's like if you were to say, what's the most popular space opera? It's Star Wars. Right, right. This is the one that comes up when you Google exploitation film. It's the one that the, the pictures pop up under the images <laughs> tab. You know, this is definitely it. Google's like, is this one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the exploitation one. Uh so, um, would you like to go through the like plot real quick, or do you want me to do it? Or yeah, I mean, plot is a it's loose. I have it's like loose. It's a plot. It, yeah, it at least gets from sentences. point A to point B, but it's I don't okay. understand why you had to go from point A to point B. Uh, they don't. They go from A to one to Roman numeral three. Yeah, <laughs> to to B. Back to A and then to B again. Um, well, I took notes. I wrote it down. So here's like the basic premise. Mm-hmm. A group of, and I'm going to, I'm guessing here based on context, strippers? I think just go-go dancers. I'm not okay. sure a group if of, they're strippers. A group of, of sexy dancers. Yeah. Okay. Be it go-go or stripping. Go tear-assing through the desert uh, only to kill some schlub guy in a rally race and kidnap his girlfriend uh, and that's just the first 10 minutes yeah. <laughs> like, accidentally. It was somehow uh, a very long 10 minutes with all of that action. It felt like a very long 10 minute intro. Yeah. Well, it's so weird. Cause the movie's just like opening in these three girls are driving in their cars, terracing through the desert. And then one of them, uh, Billy, the blonde, mm-hmm. uh, that she wears white all the time. Great she... choice for the desert, by the way. Yeah, great. Uh, she like pulls over, jumps in this like quarry lake thing, and the other girls follow her. And then immediately, like two minutes into the movie, cat fight in the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, the leader Varla, who was like, if you've seen pictures of Faster Pussycat, she is the one in all black with like the boobs that could not be contained by any shirt. They're like. They, it's like somebody took two planets and tried to tie a blouse around it. And yeah. I only because, I mean, Varla has a face, but the camera d- does not <laughs> treat her like she has a face. Well, that's that's the actress. Her name is uh, Tara Satana. And she actually, she pops up in a lot of the exploitation films that I enjoy. Um, and the whole breast hanging out the entire film is not uh you know uncharacteristic of her she's also okay a, so it's like her trademark yeah it's her trademark she's also a um a burlesque dancer and an exotic dancer outside of the film industry okay so, well there you go rock on yeah yeah so i mean she's she's proud of them and, and it's wonderful go ahead and finish through the plot and then we'll come back around to this desert and okay. the car well, I can either and... yeah i can either like go through the whole plot in general or we can just like kind of vaguely move through it yeah, um, let's just vaguely move through it because I feel okay. like I've, I feel like ten things have already come up that I'm like, all right. First I know, of all. like you got to talk about. Yeah, so they have a. She like sends the Italian girl, Italian in quotation marks. Yeah, okay. Rosie. When she first Rosie, when she first started speaking, I thought she was Russian because 
she was like, you know, like she kind of gave off this very like Bond, hot spy, you know, Russian spy kind of thing. Oh, and I, oh yeah, like if she turned around and was like pulled a radio out of her shoe and started calling and talking to Spectre, I would not be surprised. No, and she so it started off with this kind of sexy, kind of Russian, you know, unidentifiable, and then unidentifiable, unidentifiable, and then went straight into it's a me and Mario kind of. <laughs> yes, yeah, did I know that's what like. It's once they get to the ranch, she's like, hey, what are you doing with out of there? We got a, we got a dead body in the trunk. And it's like, weren't you Russian yeah, when she, you were like, maybe they drowned the Russian out of her I have when no they idea. were fighting in the quarry. Yeah, she went from like Russian to like a knockoff Scorsese film into just into genuinely just straight Nintendo Mario Bros. Mario, yeah. It was, I My name's it, Rosie. I'm going to win. Yeah, she... I mean, she was great. I didn't understand her character at all. I really did love the cat fight scene between her and Billy at the beginning, which was just so gratuitous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, well, we're already like two and a half minutes in. We're just past the credits and already a cat fight in the water with tight clothes. I was like, this is definitely an exploitation movie. Oh, for sure. And I I read that like Russ Myers, the director of that, actually, he decided not to choreograph that fight scene. And he told them um, to not hurt each other. That was their only direction for that fight scene. But when you're watching it, they're like shoving sand in each other's mouths and pulling hair. I mean, oh yeah, man! I was like writing a joke that the that pretty much like the GI Joe cartoon theme song was playing in my head. I was like, they have fought from sea to land, and I would not be surprised if this goes into the air. I know after this because they are just nice not stopping wait why were they chasing billy the blondie in the beginning anyway was it just a well they were game? driving down the highway and then and billy was behind the two of them like varlo was just leading them driving like hell terrace and yeah. the highway and then billy just veered off and drove because she wanted to uh, she oh, wanted to swimming. swim okay yeah. see i and was confused was like kick the shit out of her for not following me which is kind of a theme throughout the whole movie yeah and uh, and then they get out of there and they go and they're just kind of driving their car around some desert flats and that's when uh what's his, is his name tommy i think so tommy t- yeah, yeah. tommy tommy and his girlfriend uh linda show up and linda is like the stereotypical beach movie girl oh yeah like, so, like gidget. i'm so happy and yeah gidget's a good name she's a gidget yeah, uh, she's like, I'm so happy. Aren't you girls so glad to be girls like that? And they're just standing there all tough. And Tommy's like, I'm going to test out my new car. How would you strangers like to time me yeah. along with my girlfriend? I just like, listen, I'd, if there's some if there's some troublesome youths <laughs> hanging out in the desert, like being tough and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, uh, I don't care, you know. Sex, gender, species, uh, maybe don't go and leave your girlfriend alone with these three girls who are, like, genuinely seem weird. Yeah, they're like... They don't seem threatening. When they get out of the car, uh like, Billy is, like, one step away from screwing anything yeah what's with the random go-go dancing she's like i just gotta dance and she just starts dancing working out a routine man that's what she says she's like i gotta work on my new routine this this chick seems pretty keen to do stuff i also don't understand as why like that entire i mean it's the beginning of the film and i thought maybe it's just this scene maybe this is like kind of a, a you know the cliche of like you said that beach party movie kind of thing 
but every single line that comes out of someone's mouth is a one-liner. Oh yeah, it is. They are walking around with like the uh, the friggin' like a Chuck Norris book of mm-hmm. one-liners in their back pocket. Just everything has to be a like catchphrase, yeah. turn and point at the camera sort of thing. It's like I, they, uh, they wrote a bunch of like one-liners, put them all in like a fishbowl, and like, that's how they just wrote this. <laughs> they're like script. this is how we do it. Yeah, they like they don't even have a script. They're just picking them off when it's not their turn on camera. They just reach into the fishbowl and pick up a one-liner, oh which would explain the line later on, like. Hey girls, check it out. Our screenplay is about to unfold. Oh, don't even. It was like it was like the screenwriter who was like, I don't know, just have him say that a plot point's about to happen. Oh. Uh, that's later on. So they, so Tommy, like they start giving him shit. Like, well, if you were a man, you'd race us mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And Tommy's like, Oh, I want to race my car. I just like to tune it up like an athlete and stuff like that. And there, and then his girlfriend's like, Come on, just race him. And so all of them race, which yeah. I already thought was weird because I was like, shouldn't it really just be Varla racing them? But I mean, the, any excuse to start the engine of a car and drive it in this movie, they do. Like they need to go five feet in a car. They will show you them getting into the car, revving it up, driving it over. Like it's real big. Like let's, we got to show the cars. Lots of car porn. Like definite yeah. car porn. I was yeah. – I feel like I was more comfortable with the car porn than I was some of the dialogue, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Cause the, the dialogue, especially later on veers from very cheeky one liney to like downright. I'm assaulting you with words sexually. Yeah. <laughs> especially when we get to uh, the old guy, but uh, <gasps> so they race and they have a rally and I was I wrote down I was like that was really convenient for that racetrack to just appear in the desert for them, I like know, the tires. Yeah, I also very much enjoyed uh, their racing style in that no one looked at the fucking road. No, everybody was looking away. Rearview uh, mirrors, looking at the girl who's just like who, Gidget is just dancing and then I, screaming. And uh, so they do the race. Tommy's going to win. Varla cheats and drives in front of him and he spins out, which is weird because then because then little I'm just going to end up calling her Gidget. That's her name. Gidget. That's her. That's her. That's your name now. Uh, Yeah. Gidget's like, what happened? And it's like, you were watching Varla fucking (laughs) drove over the track and cheated and knocked him off. And then they like steal his stopwatch and he gets out to confront her and then Varla straight up karate chops him to death. Okay, yeah. Can we just neck. can we just talk about why the fight even happened? So Varla won. Then yeah. when she's getting all threatened, I'd missed the part about cheating. I think I may have like looked away for two seconds because I got tired. They went around that track. She too many cheated. Times. She he was winning and she drove over the magical tires that appeared to form a racetrack and drove in front of him and spun him out. Okay. But well, here's the here's the thing. He yeah. wasn't even mad about it. That's he what was I'm just saying. Like, That's exactly it. She she cheated. She won. No one's upset. And then she kills him? Yeah, I know. That's why I say it. That's that is exactly what I told you when we started this podcast. I was watching by this this by myself, and out loud, I was like, "This girl is mean." Yeah, she's this insane. Girl is just mean for no reason. Like, like not mean for a girl. Like, if if she were a a man or a polar bear or anything, mm-hmm. she would be mean. Because like he's just like she's got the watch, and he's like, "Could you please just give us our watch and we can go." Like, he's being very nice about it. Yeah. And then she starts beating on him, and he starts 
you know, equal rights, equal fights. He starts putting up a fight eventually when she starts, like, when it goes from tussling to she is actually trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts fighting back, and then she breaks his fucking neck. Yeah. I just, I, I why? Why? <laughs> well, her friends, too, are like, what did you do that for? And she's like, we're in this together, see? And they're like, what? okay, well, uh, all right, well, I guess tie the girl up and throw her in the car. Yeah. And throw his dead the, body in. Then that, too. Why did they bring the girl? Do you see? It's just, I feel like they had to set up this plot, and I feel it's, I can sense they were sitting in a Chinese food restaurant somewhere and they're like, yeah, yeah, so then they accidentally kill this guy and then they like kidnap his girlfriend and they never figure out how to make that happen. Well, they were going to, but then the, the sweet and sour soup arrived. Exactly. Like, we'll just skip to the next part and they never filled it out. It's like unobtainium in Avatar. They were like, we'll figure out what the real name of it is later. And exactly. then never it. But yeah, so they drive. Oh, okay. And then they meet. The world's goofiest gas station attendant. Oh my god, he's like a Red Fox truck. character or something. Yeah. Um, well, funny you should say that because the gas station attendant's alternate name is Mickey Fox. Oh, hey, look that. Yeah. Um, and he's this dopey dude who is like, you know, at first just being like, ooh, oogling over girls, but then turns, he quickly uh, gets promoted and turns into Captain Exposition mm-hmm. and starts just being like, Oh, hey, you girls, you've been around here. You're not from around here. Hey, you know who does live here? This old man, and he has a bunch of money, see, because he got hit by this train, and he has these two sons, and one of them's like kind of smart, one of them's really dumb and super like Lenny strong. And then uh, he has all this money, but he probably hid it somewhere. I mean, nobody knows, but he probably did. So, you know, that'd be really, you know, that that's that's a thing. I, and they're <laughs> like, okay, well, obviously we have to rob this guy now. <laughs> and not get rid of the bodies that we have. Unless you're Blondie. And the girl and, that we kidnapped. Yeah, unless you're Blondie, then your goal is to just fuck the muscular guy. Who, can we yeah. just call him, can we call him Lenny? Yeah, we can call him Lenny. Well, I mean, they only call him brother. I think his it. name is The Vegetable. Uh, oh, yeah, oh my god. That's what that's... he's listed as on IMDb is The Vegetable. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh, man, that's sad. Uh, <laughs> that's sad. Uh, so yeah, so the so then the gas station attendant, they like they don't pay or don't take their really long receipt or yeah, something. Which, which one was it? Did they not pay? I think it was just they didn't take their seat. And then he made a joke that I he's don't, got he, a bunch of them now. He can make a whole book or something. It was weird. I didn't understand. I was like, first of all. This movie's following the wrong characters because the movie should be about that guy. And, <laughs> and I came up with a great idea, which Go I'm pitching it. right now to the internet, about a movie just called The Gas Station Attendant. And it's about this guy who is the gas station attendant in every movie, be it comedy, horror, or whatever, who knows everything. That's perfect. And knows everybody. And uh, and he collects receipts because that's all he's got in life. That's his, <laughs> collects interesting receipts. But yeah, um, you want to take over from? I've been doing for a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So well, they leave the gas station and yeah, they leave the gas station and uh, they decide to follow Lenny and his and the old man uh, yep. who, who you saw was paralyzed because he was being carried by Lenny. So it kind of was. Did they really? Impl- they kind of implied there that Lenny was not all right in the head. Um, yeah, the the gas station attendant guy said like he he didn't you he doesn't say it, but 
later on in the movie, you find out that there was like complications with birth. And mm-hmm. so he probably didn't get enough oxygen coming out. You're um, thinking too deeply about this. Like, don't get. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm just like thinking scientifically. I know there's going to be some moments later on where I'm going to think that I saw some symbolism in this movie, and you're going to be like, uh, "Kenny, turn off your fucking I see what you did there, screenwriter brain." Yeah, no, it's for five minutes because it's nothing like that at all. It's yeah, it's, it's, but it's no, real they simple. don't say. I don't think he says. If he does, the gas engine attendant dude is talking so fast. He really that is. I don't, Understand what he's doing. They do, he does say that the dad, the old man, got his legs wrecked in a train accident trying to save a girl's life. See, I missed the train part of it. All I got heard was that he got injured with his legs, and I can tell you that it made it much better later when I did not know that the old man was terrified of trains. Oh, okay. So I I happened to make the movie just a fraction of it better than it was intended to be, and yeah, they should because it cut didn't that. explain it. Yeah, yeah, it was great because then it kind of came out, you know, when the – we'll get to the stuff later with the trains, but it was just – the movie by not revealing so much made it so much better. So much better. Yeah, probably would have. <laughs> Me, for some dumb reason, I can speak uh, movie stereotypical gas station attendant, so I understood 90% of what he said. I was like, well, he just ruined the whole movie for, him, <laughs> for me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yes. go, yeah, they follow him. They follow him. They come out. It's like this old ranch that just is like run down and awful. Not the kind of place you expect someone that's hoarding a bunch of money to have. Um, yeah, it is a of, ranch in name only. There are no animals. No, there's no ranch. animals. Just a bunch of junk. Unless they're raising junk, it's not really yeah. a ranch. Well, then they're doing a good job. Um, then there's a, <laughs> then there's gratuitous bath scenes. In case we had, it's been too long since we've seen a wet woman yeah rubbing herself and you said that you think this might have been edited because we watched it on youtube for free yeah that you think that there might have been nudity in it i just um, went to i went to the youtube comments because i'm a glutton for punishment and there were a couple yeah. people who had mentioned like where's the nudity from the original and i can't tell if okay. it's youtube sarcasm or <laughs> yeah. if there really was nudity in it either way i mean i feel like it would have well jessica if only there was this magical tool on computers we could use to see boobs whenever we wanted and then we wouldn't have to complain about it in one our of these movies days. one of these days. one of these days <laughs> make america great again Give us the boobs. Uh, uh, so they you know varla big booby varla kind of realizes uh, that she needs to go and see what's going on so she sneaks up to the house and she stands right in the fucking doorway but yet they somehow do not see her yeah, uh, listen, I get that the that the uh that the Lenny dude, the big dumb super strong oaf yeah. playing with the kitten is not paying attention because he just generally doesn't pay attention to anything. But that old man should have noticed a woman standing right in front of the front door. A screen door. Like you can just see yeah. her on their I'm sure their porch is creaky as can be. The door is creaky. I mean, it was no one has serviced that porch. No, no, not in a million years. Especially, yeah, with the... But besides that, she listens to their conversation. And it was... For a film that just straight out says exactly, here's what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, and here's what's already happened up to this point, it was so cryptic of a conversation between Yeah, because he's father. talking about, like... Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he's talking about raping and killing girls, yes. right? Right. Yeah. I don't know why rape had to be the line that they drew the crypticness about, but he did seem very creepy. You know, he was like, I think he implied that 
Lenny the vegetable had killed a young girl before and that he needed to be more careful. It was very much like George and the rabbits, you know what I mean? Like Lenny's yeah. petting ladies too hard. <laughs> oh, I th- well, I think it was because he might have killed them before the old man could have Couldn't had his them. way with them. Because, oh. like, he was... That's what I was getting from it was that like because of being mad about losing his legs trying to save a woman like he hated women and wanted to like he used what's his face to beat him and soften him up then he would have his way with him and have Lenny pet him to death (laughs) bury him. I'm sorry rape isn't funny but it's not at all but this this film was just like it's the Like, puts everything out on the line except for a few choice things, and I find it really odd. It's just insane people saying out loud the horrible things they're going to do to each other. Do you know what it genuinely, like, in my head, what I thought it was is just, it's almost like the B-rated Bond villains all escape the mental asylum and move out to the (laughs) desert to live together. Because it's all nothing but, like, James Bond one-liners. Like, I half expect them all to turn in a chair holding a cat, saying every fucking line and they're just insane and like i couldn't i'm watching that i couldn't figure out who the good guy of the film was like it's it like the so real long. bond villains of orange county oh yeah <laughs> like that exactly. instead of the real housewives <laughs> yeah. that's what they should rename this film <laughs> if that Fraulein does not get the hair out of the sink trap i'm going to be very angry i will hit the shock button and she will fall right to the floor <laughs> It, just, it took so long to figure out who the the protagonist of this film was. I guess it ended up being Gidget and... The the intelligent, again, air quotes, older brother. Kirk? Was his name Kirk or Kurt? I can't Kirk. remember. Kirk. Yeah. yeah. Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. Uh, I guess they were, but it was just... But even he was terrible and Gidget was just... So yeah, dumb. I didn't because he her discovers her on the porch. Kirk discovers Varla on the porch yeah. and he's like... Hey, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be sneaking up on people's porches. Then they come out and Varla this whole time has been like, her plan is to tell them that they found Gidget and were hired by politicians to bring her back to her house because her boyfriend died in a tragic racing accident and that they don't want any publicity so that's why they haven't called the police or anything, and they just want to use some water mm-hmm. and then get out of there. But really, her whole plot is like, we'll tell them that, then we'll look look for the money and kill them if we have to, and then later we'll kill Gidget yes. when we don't need her anymore. And Rosie is like, yeah, okay, whatever. And uh, And Billy is like very against it, like from the beginning, is like, is not happy that they killed what's his face is not happy that they're holding Gidget hostage. Um, and if now here's my dumb screenwriter thing that I'm going to tell you, uh-huh. and maybe, maybe it's me thinking too much into it, but at this point from the outfits, Billy's wearing all white. Oh God. Cause he's wearing white and black mm-hmm. and Varla's wearing all black. Okay. Uh, Rosie is clearly does not know whose side she wants to be on. The whole movie, like, is kind of like, I don't know whether I want to do what Varla says or if maybe we should just peel out of here and leave. Billy is completely against Varla and is kind of the only one making 
altruistic decisions, even if it is just, I want to screw Lenny. Yeah. Uh, and Varla wearing all black is obviously being a bit villainous. I know that's me reading too much into it. I but think I it may be, especially the, the rosy thing kind of gets me because in case you forgot, there is a, there's somehow just randomly thrown into this, this entire plot point that Rosie is a lesbian who's in love with Varla. Yes, which also adds to her, like, not knowing what to do and is conflicted. So I don't know if it was a, actually a color choice or if that just happened. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I could definitely see it. Yeah. I so, it may be giving it a little too much credit, but probably, also maybe not. I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, when I write my uh, detailed essay about the merits of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, <laughs> the academic places, and I call it out, called uh, – Black, white, and black and white. <laughs> uh, then you'll know that I was a genius. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's their whole plan, and they're on the ranch, and Gidget is like being told to shut up and to not do anything, and if she does, she'll be treated okay. And then what kind of happens for the next hour of the movie is a lot of like meandering and sexual hijinks. Yeah, it was because it starts with the old man and telling them, you know, inviting them to lunch, but it seems like for dessert is rape if I'm cuz he he really Gidget really gets him going. I think it's kind of implied that Gidget reminds him of the young woman who he saved. Oh yeah. At the and train. he straight up when they leave her with him tries to rape her. Yeah, like, and Gidget escapes. Which how many times is Gidget going to escape in this film? It got a little redundant. The movie is pretty <laughs> short and she escaped I think 3 times. Yeah, she gets away a lot and uh they don't ever nobody ever questions how anybody else is acting. Like when she runs into Kirk the first time and she's like there are these the women back there are trying to kill me. And he still drives her back to the house. Yeah. It's like, dude, even if that's your house. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, he's like, well, there's, he's, well, he's considered to be the smart one, but he's still just dumb as a box of fucking rocks. And he's like, well, this is my house. You see, and that's my dad. And they're they're like, she's like, that's your father. (laughs) And I mean, half the reason too, is she did not come out and say the old guy tried to rape me. Right. Um, She's just being frantic, uh, not as a, you know, it's just like her character, once she gets frantic, she does not speak. She just mm-hmm. screams. And um, obviously can't, it doesn't run because, like I said, she escaped three times. I don't understand. Oh, God, how. yeah, she could make some ground. She does, she a, has that horror movie running where it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like running like there's something behind her yeah. when there's nothing behind her. Which, I mean, at the end, uh, that's jumping ahead a bit, but at the end, she does redeem herself with all that. With the, like... Kind of. A a little. (laughs) A little bit of the, like, not being a 100% damsel in distress. But but anyway, so they're, like, hanging out at the house. So, like, she keeps trying to escape, and Billy is trying to screw Lenny, and the old man is being overtly sexual during... Uh, during lunch, I can't tell whether everyone. Is, I don't know. Think anyone at the lunch table knows whether they're supposed to have a boner or eat chicken. Right. Like, a, like it's just it's just like, hey, why don't you have a thigh and a breast? Why don't you have two of them? Oh, that's not as bad as that workout scene. Oh yeah. The workout scene is probably my favorite scene. It's when Lenny the vegetable is working out and Billy the blonde is. 
like fawning over him and every single line is just like pickup artist 101 lines like eventually but then like he doesn't respond so she eventually just devolves into me jane you tarzan let me swing on your vine <laughs> you know yeah because he just does not get it yeah <laughs> but that does I continue know. in the lunchtime but now like old man rape is br- coming in with it <laughs> Old man rapey is coming in for the winter. <laughs> Old man rapey, that's his name. Yeah. Um, who reminds me, I said this to you, this guy has to be a prototype for Mr. Leahy from Trailer Park Boys because he talks just like Mr. Leahy, drinks as much. Like, I kept expecting Randy to walk up shirtless and for him to go, there's some real cute girls here, bud, and falling <laughs> out, out of his wheelchair. That's essentially what the other two sons are. One's like really dumb and one's just like kind of dumb. Yeah. In the happy version of this, they would have gone and bought a trailer and opened up the dirty burger (laughs) instead of of all meeting the fate that they meet. Uh, So, okay. So they have lunch and then that's when shit really starts to devolve. Yeah. After that, because Billy gets drunk, passes out and she she lets the audience know she's about to pass out. Oh, she because yeah, she because the film tells you exactly what's going to happen in the past, present, and future. Yeah, and not like in a cute way, like a Kurt Vonnegut novel does. No, <laughs> but just in a in a flat out way, like just so you all know, like she might as well have just been looking right at the camera, and be like, for those of you at home, if I have two more pulls of this bottle of whiskey, I will be passed out. Which would be a real shame. Which really, like, did you show her drinking and then show her passed out? Well, I, I can figure it out. <laughs> Listen, it was the 60s. We didn't have show, don't tell technology. Back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was not available. People were thinking about it. They were trying it, but it just it did not exist in storytelling yet. Yeah. And while she's passing out, we have Varla, who's trying to use her sexual whims to break down Kirk. To find out where the money is. Yeah. See, and this is the thing I didn't understand about the Varla character. Because I did like her. Like, overall, I really liked her. Um, Oh, she's a great villain. Just because she's like, she's evil and motivated to just be... Her motivation is, I'm going to be a big-time asshole and look out for number one. And I will kill and karate chop anybody who gets in my way but the but i get so confused because in this scene with kirk when they're literally going for a roll in the hay yeah indeed not subtle at all uh she's being i mean it's a lot of it's continuation of the cheesy pickup lines i mean it's it's definitely someone had a book and was going through them but but she's kind of sweet uh or like pretending to be sweet I don't understand why she didn't do that in other parts of this film you know like when old man rape confronts her about Gidget, uh, she goes straight to like, hey man, like I'm just doing my job. Like these politicians are paying me. Like fuck you and stuff. Why didn't she just like bend over and kind of? Oh yeah, I know. She obviously had the ability to charm the pants off people. Yeah, she so. like picks and chooses the weirdest times to charm people and the weirdest times not to charm people. Like when it would be most beneficial to her. Mm-hmm. What's really weird too is the whole. Like, the reason I said meandering so much is, like, there is not a scene where they actually go looking for the money. Yeah, yeah. There's never, like, looking through cupboards or, like, trying to find loose floorboards or anything. They just, like, essentially are, like, sit down, eat chicken, and verbally copulate, but then are like, damn, no money. Like... She doesn't even bring up the money until, like, in the middle of, like, almost a... 
oops, sorry there, choked a little bit, uh, almost about to, uh, like, bone Kirk. Yeah. When they go and run and try to catch Gidget for, like, the umpteenth time, they're in the truck, and she's like, hey, uh, like, you, you, wouldn't it be nice if, like, you took, like, some money and ran away? Like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And she's, like, not even being coy about it. And it's and he's like, what? What do you mean by that? And it's like, w- woman, <laughs> you've been deviant and crafty this whole time. And the one time when it counts to try to get this money, you're just like, hey, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be cool if, like, if we had some money? Oh. Like, if we, if, you, if we took the secret money? Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just part of her being a sociopath or her saying everything that she wants to do like right. it was just like really funny to see her just be like try to be coy and be like hey so uh money huh yeah. that's a funny thing i also feel like there's a, there's a suspension of disbelief when it comes to films that you can believe that two people can fall in love within like a week but they had kissed yeah. for like 20 seconds <laughs> yeah it's that um rebel without a cause lifespan of exactly. a relationship where like he and that girl kiss one time they're like well we're getting married now so. yeah I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. Like, oh, betray your entire family because you really enjoyed feeling me up yep. a little bit ago. Listen, Jessica, I you don't know what it's like to be a man. That's true. So I really have no idea. This is we <laughs> are idiots. I, well, I knew that part. I definitely knew yeah. that part. Well, I just needed to say it out loud because I need to explain the plot of this podcast and all my motivations. <laughs> The entire way through. I just want to say right now, I don't want people to think that I'm shitting on this movie because this movie is great. Oh, no, it was absolutely amazing. And I will, you know, men being idiots in this film, it felt so refreshing to watch a movie where women were being the badasses and were just throwing men to the side and, like, men were just dumb. Like, I never get to see that in a film, so it was really... Refreshing and fantastic to watch this, and and Varla became, despite the fact that she was insane and mean and terrible, like I fucking loved her from beginning to end. Like I loved her. Oh yeah, she is one. I would put her at like the top of great cinematic villains. Yeah, because she's just like she is so evil. But like you're like yeah, she owns it. She like just like how she's like I walk around with. 75% of the surface area of my breast showing off because this is just how I dress on a Tuesday. It was so like, take that. It was like a Beyonce move in that her breasts were not sexual. They were all power. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Total Beyonce move. <laughs> Beyonce's taking notes. <laughs> she is the Beyonce of 1965. Yep. If if they liked it, they would have put a ring on it, and then she would have broken their neck and stuffed them in the truck. <laughs> It taught their girlfriend a thing or two about shutting the hell up. Oh, my God. Uh, so it devolves into uh, the old man trying to use Lenny to rape Gidget, and they stop him from doing that. And then there's a couple of car chases. They stop like, him like he's a dog with a bone, though. Like they're like, very, bro, like, stop it. Yeah, just like hey, whack him on the on. nose of the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, even, fine. Is it is it? Billy or Rosie who yells out like he was going to rape and kill her. And then Kirk's like, yeah, but he didn't though. (laughs) I think I missed that part. I would have to go back and watch it. Somebody says it. It's not Varla because Varla's like, who gives a fuck? I need to get rid of this bitch anyway. But Billy or Rosie is like, he was going to rape and kill her. And he's like, oh, but he didn't though. We stopped. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Um, And that's when. 
Kirk and Gidget decide to walk to town because the old man says that he stole the key. He threw the keys away, mm-hmm. even though he's just holding them. Guy didn't think to look in his dad's hand yeah. for the truck keys. Um, then we get like a showdown where the girls go back to the house. The guys go back to the house and uh, Varla's like, all right, we just got to kill everybody and take off because we're not getting the money. Uh, we'll kill everybody, then we'll search the property. And Billy's like, I don't want any part of this. I'm leaving. And she's the and first she to go. Yep, and then Varla straight up throws a knife in her back from quite a distance, yeah, too. pretty impressive just, with yeah, a, like, just a switchblade showing, like, knife. Yeah, Varla is not to be fucked with. No, that part was actually really awesome. I didn't want Billy to die. Not that I cared too much about Billy because Billy was a walking airbag, but she – didn't deserve to die, and then I was felt really sad when she did die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's part of this whole like, um, yeah. When Stranger Things came out this uh-huh. year, there was that whole like internet rally around oh, uh, Barb like, dying. Barb dying. It was so funny. Is I would talk to people, and they wouldn't realize why they were mad that Barb died. I mean, half of it is like they're like, oh, they didn't make as big of a deal out of it when she died as like when the little kid did. Mm -hmm. But the real reason everybody is subconsciously mad about Barb dying, I mean, spoiler alert for Stranger Things, about Barb dying in Stranger Things is that uh, she, by the rules of horror movies, should not have died. Oh, I see what you're saying. She did. She was like, if we're going by like how Scream breaks stuff up, she did not have sex. She only partook a little bit in drinking, but then stopped. No, she didn't even drink it because she tried to do it and she cut herself. That's true. She, she didn't drink. She didn't do drugs. She didn't have sex. And she was like doing the straight and narrow. So by the rules of horror movies, she should have lived. And they pulled they pulled a sucker punch by killing her. And people were like, no. So you they think that's what they did with Billy? Yeah, they did the same thing. We're like, Billy is technically a character who hasn't done – she's not – in the right, but she hasn't done anything wrong necessarily. She's an she's she's an accomplice to murder only in that she was there. I can see that. Yeah, so maybe that's why it's a little bit like, oh, I don't want her to die. Just like, oh my god, when Lenny was petting that kitten, <laughs> I texted you and I was like, Jessica, if this kitten dies, I can't watch the rest of this movie because I know this is an exploitation movie, and I know they're not a, like I know they're famous for like cannibalism and violence, but goddamn it, if somebody kills this little kitten, who luckily is never in the movie again, he goes to the big city and has a G-rated adventure. I hope. <laughs> we'll let you believe uh, that one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I forgot. Where, oh yeah, so Billy dies. Billy dies. Fuck. Rosie is so torn up about it. I also really loved. Did you feel like when Lenny, the vegetable, is walking towards Billy, did you think he was going to pull, like, a King Kong and, like, pick her up? Oh, yeah. Like, first, like, it just had all these elements of that kind of thing, of just, like, this big, meaty, airhead gorilla. Like, I half expected him to pick her up and just, like, try out. I thought maybe he was going to kill everyone. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. If if he just like went compl- well, I mean, he does. Then right after that, uh, kills uh, Rosie. Oh, like, that's right. He stabs her after Rosie. Because Barla tells her to go get the knife, and she walks up, and then he walks up and sees Billy, and he's like, "What happened?" And she's like, "She got killed." No, you got to do it in the Rosie voice. Come on. She she got killed. Uh, she was <laughs> killed with a knife. Uh, 
She was a stage right in the back. And now give me the knife. Yeah. I love too uh, when he's like, he's like, did you kill her? And then she's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. And he's like, you guilty, though. <laughs> Listen, Lenny the Vegetable can't form great sentences, but he can smell guilt. I What I loved about oh. him, though, with the not forming great sentences, because probably the best part of this entire film from top to bottom is the terrible acting. Like, that's the unspoken character yeah. of this film. And he's no exception, even despite the fact that his lines are three words a piece. Um, yeah. I feel like they did, you know, very much what they do with someone who's uh, mentally challenged or very slow, you know, the farmhand who got stuck in the tractor kind of character is. Yeah. They do the, like, they do the me, Tarzan, you, Jane kind of thing where they take out all of the prepositions from a sentence and they uh-huh. do that with him except for not all of the time. <laughs> so nope. sometimes he'd be like, me sad, no knife, can you hand me that? And I'd be like, whoa, hold on, wait. <laughs> you can't you can't have that full sentence. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that, yeah. Uh yeah, he ends up taking the knife out of Billy and then stabbing Rosie to death. Mm-hmm. And uh and then Rosie dies unsatisfied in her lust for Varla. Who we saw, we forgot to mention, like when, when Varla was literally having a role in the hay with Kirk, Rosie was watching in jealousy. Practically masturbating though as well. Yeah, pretty much. If it, if this were a slightly different movie, that's what would have happened. Well that's, uh, well, you say that slightly different movie, but I mean that's where a lot of um you know, the the whole idea of the lesbianism thrown in it, I wouldn't be surprised. There used to be those films, which I'm sure we'll probably watch one or two on this podcast of, you know, these anti lesbian and moreover anti-female sexuality films that were that came out in like the late 40s and 50s um that would in addition to being like lesbians are evil and they're terrible and women's sexuality is awful don't masturbate ever would show a lot of those things they would show a lot of women making out they show a lot of women masturbating and it was actually those films were kind of designed in this way to be a transition into pornography um, oh, well, that makes sense because that's a, the way a lot of porns would start. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it starts with this whole thing of like if it would make men feel less guilty because they could still watch two women making out. But as long as the narrator's like, look how bad it is. Well, look at how being, terrible. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's this is somewhere like one of those in-between steps between these anti-female sexuality propaganda films into, you know, Debbie Does Dallas. Like, this is yeah, one of the That makes complete sense. Which is why they uh, probably threw in the lesbianism so that they could, it's, it could be pornographic while still she's, like, uh, condemned for it by Billy. Like, Billy's just, like, essentially, like, gross to her, you yeah. know? Yeah. I guess that's one, maybe that's why Billy took the knife, because she was a bigot. <laughs> <laughs> Billy the bigot got knifed in the back. But then Rosie the lesbian got it as well. Uh, she got stabbed because, you know, the the knife, I, I just need a, like, corncob pipe right now and a jacket with patches. The knife uh, obviously symbolizes the male sexual organ and how she should have been <laughs> penetrated instead of been looking for a respite with the female form, you see. Oh, perfect, perfect. Puff, puff. Yeah. So, yeah, so she was killed with a metal penis. That's mm-hmm. basically what I'm trying to say. Sharp metal penis. Uh, Rosie got the Which same was thing. the inspiration for Seven. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, so she dies. And then, and then, okay, so I knew that 
our boy Lenny was strong. But then there's this scene where he's like Hulk strong. Oh, yeah. Kung where, Fu with the car. Yeah, where Varla's like trying to run him over. He gets hit once and then uh, – and then – and then she tries to pin him against the wall. She's like going full force and he's just like pushing the car back. Yeah. yeah. Like, like doesn't I make was, any sense at all. Yeah. And she uh, – so then she just kind of gives up and leaves him there. Like he doesn't die, I but don't why think. Why she jump out and kill him? I mean she's pushing him against this wall because she's trying to kill him. And then he pushes back and then very similar to like tires getting stuck in the snow or tires get stuck in the sand. and Yeah. She just jumps out of the car and then says a witty one-liner, as per usual, and then just walks off. And then off. leaves him there. And he's just, like, kind of tired. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like, listen, the government needs to find this boy, train him to be good, and get him out there saving people because, goddamn, like, he can stop a car from driving into him. Like, that's that's not human strength. No, but this is what I was saying about the Varla character of just being like, you know, like how she could have used her sexuality in some parts. Like she could throw knives in people's backs, but then when she, she's- yeah, she totally could have straight up murdered him somehow, but she just leaves him and the yeah. movie leaves him. They're like, eh, forget this guy. We don't oh, know yeah, how to he kill doesn't, him. He strong. doesn't appear later. Does he? No, he's just kind of like, Oh, that's I'm the tired. end of him. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, well, maybe, I mean, maybe there was a little bit of heart and maybe they were like, mm, we can't, we can't kill the. We can't kill the slow, the slow guy. guy right? Like his life's been We'll just make already. it so he is Thor level powerful and he can't die. So we're just like, uh, he did some bad stuff because somebody told him to and he's not smart enough. So he get he gets dinged by a car and then gets a really hard workout. Yeah. So his, his punishment is too much gains, bro. And he passes out. So then Varla decides that since she she's not, I don't know, she walks away from him, doesn't kill him. Then she goes chasing after Gidget and Kirk through mm-hmm. the desert, through a very long chase, which they were running on foot, and she was she in was a in truck. a truck, and she went up on the train tracks. And I I swore I was like, oh, she's gonna get hit by a train. That's what I thought too. And that, that girl gonna get hit by a train. Ending. Yeah. Because it would have been like the train ruined all their lives. That was going to ruin her life. Because the truck, I thought it was even like setting it up visually. Because the truck was like half on the tracks and half in the dirt. Yep. And I was like, she'll try to pull off and the axle will be stuck or something. Mm-hmm. Nope. Chekhov's train did not come through. This movie was also made with like practically no money. I think it was made with something like $45,000. So perhaps <laughs> that was it at one point. <laughs> I know. I was like, I could feel like maybe it was in the screenplay, and they're like, "Yeah, we have no money." Yeah, so. a train is going to eat up ninety percent of your budget if we do that. So that yeah. may have been what it is. I was, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, ah, saved by the budget, like right when she pulls off the track, and then they just have, they have a fist fight. She, uh, she fights Kirk and half fights Gidget. Which uh, why didn't they just run into? Because here's the thing: they run and they run, and then all of a sudden they're like. They stop, and it would make sense if they stopped if they had come to a wall of some sort, but they came to, like, a gully that they could have just run into. Yeah, and then she wouldn't have been able to follow in the truck. Yeah, she would have had to get out and then start chasing them, which would have been much different. But no, they just, like, stop and are just like, don't go any further. I mean, Gidget is very much like a horror film, the girl who's, like, like I said, when she's running, she runs like someone's chasing her. And is she, she, like, flat out just collapses, like, I'm yeah. too tired to run yeah. for my life right now. I like the adrenaline's <laughs> not pumping through her fucking veins, but, yeah, yeah, they duke it out in a fist fight, and, and then 
grand finale, Gidget kills her with the car. Yep. And not even poetically her own car, which she loved more than anything in the world. With uh, yeah, that would have been rapes huh? truck. Yeah. Well, they couldn't afford to use those because if you think about it, the movie starts with three cars and a truck. Mm-hmm. Well, technically four, I guess, if you count Tommy's car. But uh, then the three cars come to the to the ranch, and you don't see Rosie and Billy's car anymore. Oh, that's after right. Even even Rosie needs to use a car. She uses Varla's car, and Varla's like, "What's wrong with your car?" And she's like, "Yours is faster." I'm using yeah. these kind of like voices like this, and it's not. That's not that's even really an exaggeration. It's exactly how they talk. The whole film is always like. Hey, pal, I've seen you around here before. It's <laughs> oh, I haven't expected them to like meet me in an alley somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, the, it was all, like, it was half 1940s wise guy talk and then half just 60s fast talking, just like, just like, hey, what are you saying here? Like that sort of stuff. <laughs> just like, hey, man. And I was moving my shoulders up and down while I said that. Too, just for, <laughs> I'm, just for I'm surprised the actors didn't half the time. I know. Just like, hey, well, I mean, Billy danced half her lines. So, <sighs> uh, but yeah, so Gidget hits her with the truck and then they talk out the fact that she's like, in the end, I guess I saved myself. Oh, okay. Listen, I have something to say. I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite and I'm completely okay with that because this film has been a hypocrite through the through a majority of itself as well. Mm-hmm. I, when she started freaking out, like when Gidget started freaking out, and she's like, what have I done? I killed her. Like I killed her like an animal. And she's just hysterical and crying and freaking out. I remember in my head going, why are you so upset? This woman just like terrorized you. She just murdered your boyfriend, took you hostage, set you up to be raped by an old dude, essentially, like all sorts of stuff. And then... Uh, when Kirk go- essentially said all of that stuff out loud, I immediately went, well, Kirk, she just killed someone. You could not be a dick about it. Yeah, I know. Come on, Kirk. <laughs> As I had just done the same thing in my own head, you know? Mm-hmm. But really, yeah, I think it was just the unbalancedness of the, the entire movie from beginning to end that this conversation just was the final straw of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, also two characters not great at conversation, having to have the last words. Yeah, he was quite movie. calm for someone having for everything that had just happened in the past it one day because this film only takes place over from like ten a.m. to three p.m. Maybe. Yeah, it's a day. If that, yeah, because <laughs> they, they, they start fucking around in the morning. They go and have lunch. So everybody dies, and Zenzel died. Yeah, it so was that's what happened. Yeah, so that's it. That's. Yeah, that's how it ends. It literally, they say those last lines. She's like, well, I guess I saved myself or whatever. And he's like, calm your tits. And then it's credits. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it does have a plot. Yeah, I mean, it's loose. I mean, I feel like I don't know any, like, because I haven't seen too many exploitation movies. I get the only one technically by looking at the list I've seen more than once would be Mad Max, like mm-hmm. the original one. Um like, I feel like a lot of these movies are going to just be like, point the camera, let it go. Right. Like, whatever happens, happens. And I'm cool with that because this movie is crazy bonkers fun I because really it's just like it. so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the type of thing you turn on and just watch with your friends and just be like, this is a thing 
this is this is this is people just being ridiculous characters. We don't have to worry about learning a moral. We don't have to or anything like that. This is just the situation and the crazy shit going on. Mm-hmm. And as someone who loves stories, sometimes I just want to see. I just want to watch the world burn, Jessica. Yeah. Sometimes, and that's what this movie was. There's a reason why, I like Transformers and and Fast and Furious, are some of the highest rated films. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you oh, just yeah. need to sit back and just watch hot chicks and watch fast cars. Oh yeah, you just want to see that stuff sometimes. Uh, which is funny because you told me before this you'd never seen a Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> I know I've never seen a Vin just, Diesel. Movie. <laughs> you were like, I just realized I've never seen a Vin Diesel movie. You know, and now that, that we talk um, about that, now I realize that like these exploitation films are a great way for me to turn my brain off. Is that perhaps one I should judge people less who really enjoy Vin Diesel films, and two maybe I would enjoy a Vin Diesel film. I mean, once you go in with this mentality of just like just let it whatever happens happens. I paid my I paid my money, let whatever happens happens. Like I think, you know, it's it's a good way to view the world. I right. mean, if you if you ask me, I would rather watch this than Transformers or Triple X or anything. Yeah. That's just me. Uh because those are movies trying to be cool. While this is just like Russ Meyer's vision of dangerous, sexy women. I mean, the movie opens with that like voiceover of that guy, like women who are sexually crazed, <laughs> deviants, or whatever. I feel like we're gonna get a lot of intros with that guy. Oh, for sure, going straight into sexy sax. Yeah, yeah. We we have not officially picked the the opening song for this uh, for this podcast yet, but I assure you, whatever was at the beginning is probably. Some very hardcore sax going on. I can only hope. I have all of my fingers crossed. It's rated triple sax. <laughs> Bad. Oh my god! I've been. I. I. I've had too much coffee tonight. So, Connie, would you <laughs> recommend this film? Yes, I'd recommend the shit out of it. Yeah, I would recommend it to everybody. Watch it with your kids. <laughs> oh shit! Nah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, if your kids are like twenty. They'll, they'll understand Maybe. the humor also, of it that all. That would still just be weird. I would not want to watch this movie with my mom. No, I did, no. I, I would not want to be in the same room. But it's a it's a fun movie to put on with your friends, especially if you guys are big movie buffs. I feel like anybody listening to this podcast is probably going to be a movie buff anyway. Right. So if you and your friends are looking for something fun to watch, this is going to be a great podcast to use as a companion. Just be like, what's a fun, crazy-ass thing we can watch this week? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's about all the thoughts I have on it. Um, I know you said before the podcast you were setting up like an email and stuff. Is that something we want to give out on this episode? Or do you want to wait till? Uh, yeah, well, till- I actually did. I set it up. It's just Grindhouse Clubhouse at uh, at gmail dot com and same yep. same name on um, Tumblr, but on Twitter it's gh underscore clubhouse. So yep. gh and there'll be more stuff on there eventually. But right now, if you want to email us or anything like questions. Uh, comments like I'd love to hear other things people notice about the movies and stuff. Once we start getting those, we'll make a little segment where we talk about the emails and stuff about the movie that we saw previously. Yeah. So it's a little like what other people had to say sort of thing. Which, crazy, my, which crazy thing we just forgot about. Cause I'm sure yeah, there's I something, know. if I feel like if I went back and watched it, my notes about this film would probably triple. Cause I, even now it's like there's stuff I keep thinking about that. I'm like, Oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, or if you even want to like suggest some titles for us to watch, we're cool with that too. Absolutely, I'm always open to watching 
an exploitation film, especially if it's really yeah. good like this. This one was fantastic. I really did enjoy this film a whole lot. And, and me too. it spoke to me, spoke to my feminist side in such a weird way that even I'm slightly confused as to whether I felt empowered by it. <laughs> I said, confused at all. So yeah, it was very good and very happy about it. Fantastic. I loved it. This I should, yeah, it. this should just be like the, every little girl on their fifth birthday gets a nice dress to wear for the birthday party, whatever food that they want, you know, not even a dress, even if they want just like some nice heavy duty overalls, whatever they're comfortable in. And then a nice, tucked a little copy of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill in a little basket. Listen, I will say, I, if I had <laughs> a five-year-old daughter whose hero was Varla, I would take that over some of the heroes that five-year-olds do have. <laughs> yeah. You're like, they're at school, just like, I like my little pony, and she's like, shut your mouth, I'm gonna put a knife in your back. Perfect. That's exactly the kind of child I want to bring in this world. Uh, well, I can't wait to meet Varla Lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect note to go on. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we look forward to being with you on the next episode of Grindhouse Clubhouse. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. Bye.